The Sex Ed with Tim podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. You're listening to Sex Ed with Tim. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. I am your host, Tim. I am a sex educator. I identify as chaotically gay. And Kevin, I have a joke for you. What is it? (laughs) How does a cat like their steak? Uh, I don't know. Rare. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) This is usually the part of the show where my guests leave because it was so stupid. (laughs) Goodbye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Rare. Oh boy. It's so stupid, but like I like it. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so listeners, that a voice that you hear on the other end of the mic is my good friend Kevin Francisco. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Oh my god, it's so wonderful to have you on the show. Uh, listeners, if you didn't get that joke, we're going to be talking about food. I love food. Mm-hmm. I oh, love yeah. some food. Kevin, how are you, first of all? What's up? I'm doing well. It's hot right now, so I'm sweating. Oh my god, me I'm too. I'm feeling good. My ass is literally like stuck to this chair because of how much <laughs> sweat I have. It's so gross. I hate it. Thank you, global warming. Oh, yeah. I honestly wish the climate, like, she realized that she doesn't have to change for anyone but herself. <laughs> Come through, climate. <laughs> Come through. I know. Come oh, through. my God. Okay, so, Kevin, I love that you're here. You are one of the most, like, talented culinary artists I have ever met. You're making that face, but, like, you know, take take the compliment, <laughs> bitch, and, like, swallow. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> oh, my God. But before we start, who is Kevin Francisco? So, my name is, like what Tim said, Kevin Francisco. I'm a pastry chef for almost, well, I would say more than 10 years now. I have a specialization in chocolate. Um, I graduated from the culinary program at Humber and basically just worked overseas, did a couple of um, uh, chocolate positions, uh, being mentored by a world chocolate master um, for six years, and then just basically started my own online business but, yeah. Wow, grabe ate, so talented. <laughs> oh, wow, shit. Mm. 10 years. Wait, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 25. I Ew. just turned 25 a few, a week ago, I think, yeah. Oh, uh, Kevin, ago. you look so good for 36. Uh, I, like, am jealous of your skincare. 25. 36. Oh, my God, so beautiful. Okay, um, like... I wanted you to come on to talk about like all things food because food and sex, I feel like have such an intimate relationship together. Definitely. Right. You know, like we have food sex, we Mm -hmm. associate lots of food with like sexy things, you know, like getting us in the mood. For sure. Well, I totally said that like Alexis Rose from like (laughs) Shit's Creek, like, oh my God, Kevin. 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 (laughs) Yeah, you are right. When it comes to food, um, and there, I would say, like in the early stages of our consciousness, and even just the early stages of development as a child, when you're first born, your initial reaction and your initial thing is to suck, which is (laughs) sucking on breast milk. Which is natural. It's our sorry, first I'm so in- immature. <laughs> it's true though. It's our first instincts, which is to basically survive, which is eating. Um, we first are we have our oral fixations, which is to put things in our mouth, to taste things with our mouth. That's how we get a lot of our first form of education um, in food. 
that's one important thing that I always try to bring up in my menu, which is how can I bring something that um, a person has grown up with and reflect that into my cuisine that I can provide to my clients or to my uh, guests at the restaurant, for example. So I know that there are some chefs out there who um, develop food and menu items with dirt that they grew up playing in. So they infuse that somehow into dirt? their food. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's soil. There's like bacteria and germs in there, no? Well, there's proper ways of extracting those flavors. But like hay is another uh, thing that people are using to, and infusing t- into food because it reminds you of growing up in a farm or growing up in that type of environment. Oh, okay, yeah, that's kind of yeah. cute. Okay. And look at me shaming the dirt eaters when I fully eat ass on a regular basis. I was going to say. (laughs) I know. It's like I've eaten dirtier things than fucking dirt. Oh, my God. That's so cool. So, like, that. how do you incorporate, like, memories and food like that? Yeah. So, that's the thing. Working in Canada as a chef, um, we do come... um, it is a very multicultural environment. It's um, you have a lot of people coming from different walks of life, whether they're first generation in Canada or they've or they're immigrants. They grew up here. Everyone has a story to tell, and by allowing myself to be around different types of people, um, traveling, I'm able to. Um, kind of have a taste of where they're from and by incorporating even just something as small as a spice or a fruit that is um, reminiscent of where they're from and be able to interpret it in my style of cooking, I've, it does help kind of create that pathway between where they came from, their origins, their story, and kind of allow me to interpret that and combine it into my style of plating. Oh my god, so kind of like that scene in Ratatouille where he like started breaking down because he tasted like this vegetable. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, that's kind of like, I can can fucks with it. I I stand that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. How would you approach, okay, say me. I go into your restaurant and then what would I see on the menu or like would you cater the menu to the customer? So the way that I normally would do my menu in restaurants is I like to break it down into the four seasons. So every season, I'm always changing my menus um, with what is um, locally present. So um, winter, a lot more citrusy. Um, spring comes in, and then you have the first rhubarb that comes out, and sometimes even berries. Uh, summer comes in, and you have a plethora of different produces, honey, um, different types of honey that comes out. Um, floral um, types of um, wood. Um, it all depending on what season we're at. Uh, from there, I begin to take um, inspirations from other cultures, such as, um, for example, this one time in December, for example, I decided to combine miso into my ice cream and use that as a salted caramel base. So rather Whoa. than using your, yeah, using your, instead of using a classic salt to make um, a salted caramel, I decided to bring the saltiness out with miso, which has a deeper flavor. And yeah, so something a little bit different, but something also that is common, which is salted caramel. But then I added a little twist to it by using miso. That's really cool. But I'm wondering, like, how do you know which flavors go well? Because to me, I don't think it would ever occur to me to mix miso and you said what, ice cream or Uh, caramel caramel yeah miso and caramel would ever go well together so like is that just through trial and error that you've done or like so when it comes to flavor combination i do find that experience um plays a key role in understanding flavor profile um a lot of the times certain fruits will taste very similar together. So like you have citrus from Philippines, where I grew up, which is calamansi, and then you have citruses like lime, right? 
those two flavors are different, but they're both citrus. You can interchange them and switch them. Um, also, by knowing the different types of fruits and or in this case um, citrus, you're able to then kind of find a correlation of because this flavor has this type of um, um, like different types of flavor. So, for example, the calamansi has more of a like a lemon with hints of lime in it and a little bit of bitterness. You can kind of play off of that those flavor profiles and combine it with other things um, that would match with those flavors. And by matching, I mean flavors that carry over into the next uh, flavor or also counteract those flavors, for example. So you have things that are acidic that will help counteract certain high sugar um, flavor fruits. So um, we'll say like an apple, for example. You, if you, if you, the apple that you're using is usually a sweeter apple, like um, a, like a honey crisp. If you add a little bit of acidity to that, it helps cut down that sweetness level, right? So by knowing how these food interact, that's how I kind of develop those flavor profiles, and also by combine by trial and error, of course. Okay, yeah, because I was thinking, like, have you ever mixed two flavors that you were just like, what? Yeah, yeah, I have, but. I've also gone to the point where I've taken those nasty flavors and like what I said, dissect them and find a pathway that actually somehow it should not work, but it still did. What's your like combination that you found with that quote unquote pathway? Well, miso and caramel. When I first meet that, people were like, what were you thinking? And I'm like, well, it's salty, like salt. And caramel, caramel and salt goes really well together. However, the difference is this type of salt that you're getting from the miso has umami, which is one of your um, one of the five main flavors um, on your palate. So by bringing that umaminess, you're getting a deeper, almost like a vi- like uh, like a very deep base in your in your caramel, giving it more depth of flavor. It's really it's interest. It's hard to explain. But I would recommend trying it. I'll be completely honest. I have no idea when it comes to like fine dining, high cuisine <laughs> terms. Like I literally had to ask my friend, "What's aioli?" <laughs> it's just that, a fancy mayonnaise. Is it actually? Because like it's I have no idea. Mayonnaise or like well, what's mesquite or something, you know? Or <laughs> it's a spice blend. See, I have no idea what these things are. Like, give me <laughs> salt and pepper, and I'm pretty good to go i'm like fine but exactly that's the that's what i was uh, that's what i mean by your experience in certain flavors and taste buds by i by by tasting something and knowing what it's called you're able to draw back from like what i said earlier those memories and within those memories that's when you start to bring out all of those flavor profiles that you grew up tasting so like for example for me last time before I went to Philippines, which was maybe two, three years ago, I haven't been back home for maybe 20 years. But just tasting calamansi for the first time in 20 years, it was like, I remember this. And this is a flavor that I grew up tasting, but I can't find it anywhere here. And the only time I was able to kind of figure out that it was like, this is what I was tasting was when I had, I think it was a, a mousse from a pastry shop and they had um, a citrus on it and it was calamansi and I tried it and I just thought like, oh, this brings back childhood. Oh, that's so cute. Have you ever had like food that like made you well up because of like a really nice memory? Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah. it did. Um, what was it? It was um, it was actually my mom's. Um, she made me adobo, which was um, the way that she made it was the way that my grandmother made it, which is very dry and not overly saucy. But just the way that she made it, it it just it just brought comfort because I just left Philippines um, on my vacation, and my mom decided to make me that. And for some reason, I just like. A little bit of a teardrop fell. Right, right. But was it bussin? It was bussin. It was, yeah. It was bussin. Okay. If I were to come to you and, like, I wanted, like, that kind of experience, what's kind of, like, your process if I wanted to have that, you know, um, 
special food experience like you want to get to know me a little more like you know i'm filipino and then uh you'll start to incorporate specific flavors into the menu yeah so what the so basically it's 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 how i um with my business it's how i kind of create a conversation with my clients um i like to know what flavors well first of all do they have any allergies and then from there we'll continue <laughs> to, right last thing i want to do is to accidentally kill someone put them in an anaphylactic so, shock because of a peanut or something yeah so the first thing I do, ask if they have any allergies. If no, perfect, then I can do whatever. So I usually ask them, like, what kind of flavors do they like? Um, from there, I begin to kind of elaborate. If they give me, like, the basic flavors of, say, like, I like strawberry. I like chocolate. I like lemon. I slowly then try to, you know, bring out a little bit more about them. Okay, is there any dessert that you like that's associated with, say, lemon for example they'll be like yeah there was this really nice key lime pie that i had when i was uh, i don't know um in down south that's lime not a lemon yeah so citrus in general oh but okay they, so they said i thought that, i was missing out on something important oh, no, no, in the no. food groups <laughs> <laughs> no citrus in general but they did mention that it was like a key lime pie so i'm like okay I can take that key lime pie experience that you have that you really enjoy and tweak it in a way that is um, still has that connection with that key lime pie, but also put a twist on it so that it's um, with within what my clients' expectations, whether it's a birthday cake or a customized dessert for them. Oh my God, can you imagine that one slice of birthday cake and then they just have like a mental breakdown from like <laughs> the flood of memories that comes in? <laughs> yeah, it's actually really rewarding seeing that happen. <laughs> well, that's why you get all the good Yelp reviews, you know? That is true. Okay, that is true. so I want just like as a personal thing for me, my favorite flavors are uh, strawberry. I also like um, some herbal uh, kind of scents and aromas. Mm -hmm. I also enjoy. Um, I don't know. Give me, give me something. Like I, I like chocolate. I also like. Okay. Um, so you've got yeah. strawberry and chocolate and floral notes. Those tend to go really well together, actually. Okay, good. So um, I have a sophisticated palate. Yeah, you, you. So yes. the information you gave me is enough to actually create um, a flavor profile. So with the floral notes that you're saying, um, because I also do have a background in chocolate, I've worked with certain chocolate companies that are very unique in the sense that the chocolate that they grow. Are the cocoa pods that they grow grow on a certain plantation. And just like wine, depending on the region where it's grown, it takes on certain properties. And chocolate? there are properties, yeah, there are some chocolate out there that I've worked wow. with that has very, very floral notes and a little bit of acidity, which goes really well with certain fruits. So a 75% or a 60% of a certain type of chocolate that has a very high floral. Um, note will go well with a strawberry, but from that I will take it and combine it with my with my French patissier training and do something out of that. So whether that is a chocolate mousse, a strawberry gelée, and then a biscuit chacon at the bottom to hold everything together. So I that's how I usually play off when I develop recipes for clients. Oh my god! Like I understood maybe half those words because you went into a <laughs> French thing and I was like, bisquiche, pâté. Bisquiche, just a fancy cookie. Oh, okay. See, you could have said that. I was like, bisquiche. <laughs> bisquiche. Bisquiche. Oh my God, I'm going to call that. Bisquiche me. Bisquiche me, you know. <laughs> okay, so what would you recommend like I get? Knowing me, you know, I have a nice bubbly personality. I like things to be a little funny. And you know my flavor profile. What's something that you can recommend to me? And also, like, I'm very horny. Ah. As you can tell from, like, the big penis doll. Right oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, can you repeat your question again? No, I just want to know, I'm coming to you. You know who I am now. You know my personality. And you know my flavor profile. What is something that you can make for me? 
Just, this is just like a totally personal question. It has nothing to do with the episode, but I just want to know out of me. Okay. Okay. Knowing you, knowing you, I would probably do something that is for sure chocolate related. Like what you okay. said, you really want that, um, that nice, rich, almost sensual chocolate dessert. <sighs> I would probably do a, um, it's very underrated, but I would probably do a chocolate souffle. Mm. A chocolate souffle, it's very nice and moist, will definitely bump up the cocoa percentage. So it's a little bit more in the sweet, bitter side of it. And then to bring out a little bit more of that floral note, we can definitely use a, um, a strawberry sauce or maybe even a strawberry sorbet so that it balance, it, the acidity will help balance off some of that sweetness. And at the same time, um, that 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 variance and difference in temperature because you have the warmth of the souffle with the cold, um, refreshingness of the strawberry sorbet will definitely help cleanse the palate afterwards. Oh my God, I'm drooling. That sounds so And I do think sexy. it's something easy that you could probably make at home. <laughs> okay, if you have a recipe for that, I will include it in the show <laughs> notes. Please let me know. Listeners, I will include all of the food that we talk about in the show notes. Don't worry. If you're hungry, you can always look and then click through and have yourself a really nice time. Oh my God, that's so like sexy sounding. And like, I can't help but think that like when you feed people these foods and they get all like in their emotions, I can't help but think that that's going to have like a sense of arousal yes you know so yes when, right so like this is where the food mind sex connection comes in mm-hmm. in my brain so then what are the foods that we would consider like you know aphrodisiacs or yes. you know, anything that drives up libido first of all like what the heck is an aphrodisiac so basically, in definition, an aphrodisiac is a basically a food that um, helps enhances your sexual drive and all of that stuff. Um, the problem is a lot of the time people confuse that with your libido, which is completely different. The problem, though, is when it comes to aphrodisiac, it's not really an FDA-approved kind of thing. It's a lot of the time, for the most part, it's a placebo effect. However, there are, just like what I said earlier, um, when it comes to your thinking, your history, your mind, it does help kind of bring that connection back. So if you've eaten a food where and during a time when you were the happiest of your of your time, like say you were on a really amazing date with this guy and you were in a field of lavender and every time you smell of lavender, the first thing you can think of is that, you know, that moment where he's just holding you and <laughs> about to kiss you, right? Can you imagine so, having an orgy in a lavender field? Like, Well, that's the thing. Like what I said before, your, your, your sense of taste and your sense of smell draws a lot of your past memories. And what I do find is not so much a food item that makes you horny, but a food item that brings back and draws memories from those past experiences. And with that, it helps kind of trigger the sensation of being aroused or, you know, remembering your boyfriend or your significant others because you were around these things, right? That kind of um, leads you to feeling of euphoria for that person or in that moment. And not only that, but let's face it, some fruits and vegetables out there are very phallic in nature and shape. Let's look at a banana. Elephant out of the room, it looks like a dick. A huge guy. So you're obviously going to associate a banana with a dick. And if you see a dick and you see a banana, you see the banana. Oh, hmm. Suggestive. (laughs) Same thing with oysters. You know how they say oysters are number one aphrodisiac? Well, I mean, they look like a vagina. That's true. Isn't that that like the thing where Aphrodite comes out from? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The goddess of love. Yeah, so that's the thing, though. I mean, like, there are also health benefits, definitely, when it comes to the nutritional values of said fruits and vegetables. So, for example, 
will take oysters, which is a type of, well, what people say, aphrodisiac. Um, it's very high in zinc, which also helps promote in testosterone level. So oh. because of that, it does help with your your function, your well, your function to have sex. Um, and then, of course, the the very famous pineapple that everyone always <laughs> to think I was that about to say everyone yeah. wants to know about the pineapple and what it does to their sex juices. Oh yeah. So that's the thing when it comes to the sex juices, particularly for the men. Um, you have your semen, right? Which one percent of that is actually the sperm. The rest is the is made up of your vitamins, which, which has like calcium. Um, types of sugars fructose um zinc uh citric acid and all of that stuff it's but as long as there's no carbs yeah I'm trying to be yep. keto here mm-hmm. okay good but basically um your sperm is naturally alkalinic in nature by eating all of these fruits like pineapple the reason why it tastes or it comes off as being sweet is because it's actually lowering the pH level slightly in your, in your, in your, in your jizz, in your jizz. So because of the, the, it's slightly more acidic, it kind of helps bring down that muskiness because you're kind of balancing off that flavor. So because what of, do you I'm mean a, muskiness? I don't know what semen <laughs> smells. You know like. what I mean? That <laughs> flavor of like. It's thick, gooey. It's so hard to describe. I know. It's, so, it's, it's like, like it's such a unique smell yeah. that can only be experienced through experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, definitely, what depending on the type of food that you eat, definitely does affect um, how your semen tastes. I believe from what I remembered in my study, um, things like garlic, um, onions, broccoli, leafy greens, they tend to have the opposite effect of your semen. It actually makes it taste a little bit more saltier, a little bit bitter. So if you want to have, well, if you want to avoid that, I would suggest also avoiding those fruits and vegetables as well. But I mean, eh. But those are healthy, like leafy exactly. greens. So what? I have to sacrifice having good tasting come in order for me to have more fiber? I wouldn't say sacrificing. I do think it all comes down to, I'm going to sound like uh, like what I hated in school. I'm going to sound like a nutritionist. <laughs> but it all comes from a well-balanced meal and exercise. Surprisingly, those make a huge effect on your your jizz and actually libido as well take it from me here's an example um it was only in the past couple of years that i've been more sexually active because of the fact that i've been monitoring what i'm eating and i'm working out more and for some reason because of that i just have a higher sex drive these days um i do believe that it because i'm a little bit more healthier these days i find that my confidence level is a lot higher so it does help with with my day-to-day function and sexual function i would say true so like Mm -hmm. eating all these leafy greens and having like some protein makes Mm -hmm. you like you feel occasional pineapple occasional pineapple pineapple, you know like you still taste good. good It tastes good. So what you're tasting is good, then you, in turn makes you feel good and then makes you want to do someone yep. good. Hopefully and someone don't good. don't underestimate the power of water. Staying yes. properly hydrated is so important. Hydrate. Think about it. All that is just fluid. You need to replace that fluid as well. Oh my God. Did I ever tell you this one time i was having sex with this guy and then like we were at it for like at least two hours and mm-hmm. then i was like fucking thirsty and then yeah. he tells me like there's water in the kitchen and i'm like can you get it <laughs> i'm literally tired he's like oh my god he told me to get up and get it myself like go all the way to the kitchen sink I'm like what an asshole at least like fucking you know help help a girl out we'll be right back after this commercial break Yes. Hello, all my little sluts. It's me, Mama Slut. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just wanted to hop on here real quick to let you in on a sexy little deal. Do you like feeling sexy and looking sexy? Of course you do. Only my listeners are sexy as fuck. 
I have partnered with fetishwear designer Dale Kuda to bring you the hottest deals on custom jock straps, harnesses, hats, and more. Head over to dalekuda.com, that's D-A-L-E-K-U-D-A.com, and use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout for 25% off the entire store. Yeah, you heard me, 25% off. And cherry on top, free shipping, oh my god. (laughs) I have a few of the stuff that he has made for me, and... Girl, I'm wearing it right now. I'm wearing like a little jock strap so that I could easily just like slip a little butt plug or dildo every now and then here and there. And I'm on the train. I'm just like, uh, 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 thank you, Dale. <laughs> That's dalecuda.com with the code SEXEDWITHTIM for 25% off your entire purchase with free shipping. With a deal like that, I swear I could come buckets, honey. <laughs> Hey, you disgusting pervs. We all like sex toys, right? Nipple clamps, vibrators, masturbators, oh my. Good For Her has one of the best selection of sex toys, learning resources, online workshops, and gender expression materials you can't find anywhere else. Go to goodforher.com and use code SEXEDWITHTIM10 for 10% off your purchase of any of the toys bought online. That's G-O-O-D-F-O-R-H-E-R.com and the code S-E-X-E-D-W-I-T-H-T-I-M-1-0 at checkout for 10% off your purchase of any of the toys bought online. And they ship worldwide. Trans-inclusive, feminist, and pleasure-focused, Good For Her has been doing the Lord's work since 1997, bringing you everything you need to get that... Uh... Uh... The show is about to begin. Yes. Even the foods that we eat and the liquids that we consume are all like, they contribute to our sexual stamina. Yes, for sure. For sure. Yes, I love that. Uh, So how did we even like find out all of these things about foods and their... I guess you can say their effects on our sexuality. Like, do you know anything about the history with these? Yeah. So a lot of the time when it comes to the history of these aphrodisiac is we need to look back into the history of society. In a sense, a lot of these aphrodisiacs, they're caviar, which is expensive. That's fish eggs, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, specifically from um, sturgeon, um, sturgeon fishes, a uh, fish that are found in the Caspian Sea, and it ranges from like a cheap tin of maybe ten grams would be like a hundred fifty bucks to something like beluga, which is five hundred. Yeah. Yep. So these things are very expensive, like oysters, and the rarer the the ingredient, the higher. Uh, people value it as a form of aphrodisiac. That's why there are some um, restrictions right now that prevents us from consuming this because of that mentality that it helps with our libido and our sex drive. But a lot of the time, because of these rare ingredients, they're usually exclusive to the higher class. And when you think about higher class back then, it um, it was basically... If this person is eating this type of food, I'll associate them with having wealth, which I'll also associate it with me wanting to get in their pants. So, <laughs> because of that, I mean, I don't blame them. Of, I do want myself a sugar daddy, but you know, yeah. different story. So it does trickle down into society today in a sense that we still have these ideas and these concepts of what is an aphrodisiac. That's why it's still highly recognized that oysters are one of the most um, well-known aphrodisiac, along with chocolate, which is back then a very rare food to consume and only and was only available to the rich and wealthy. Wow. Okay. But like, it's been, well, I guess not proven, but there's still no hard proof that these aphrodisiacs even have any effect on like our sexual performance is there unfortunately there isn't however like what i said um things like chocolate which has um which has a high level of serotonin and it actually does help make you feel certain ways it 
um, certain foods will also give off that same um, will also cause you to produce more. Um, what's that happy drug called again dopamine. in your mind? Dopamine, which also increases your dopamine level. So there are foods out there that does um, help your body produces that, which ultimately makes you feel happy. And usually, if you're happy, you know you're horny. You get horny. So I do think that your your mental your, how you feel is also correlated with what you're eating. So. What you're uh, then working the other way, what you eat depend or what you eat affects how you feel, which then affects how you have sex. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my God. I this is why I love you food. Basically, this- you are what you eat, and what you eat is how you is, fuck. Yeah. It's how, it's, yeah. Basically. Oh my god. So therefore like the whenever people like see me eat a banana and just like linger on it a little bit too long, you know how mm-hmm. I'm feeling right now. Or like a hot dog or a neck. Exactly. Plant. If if you see someone if you see a hot man eating a hot dog, you know, the first thing you think of is, hmm, that hot dog. That's a nice shape. <laughs> I and identify as it. I identify as oh. hot dog right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a sausage. I'm more of a sausage. A, a longanisa, a, a chorizo. Oh yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. Yes. I'm so here for it. <laughs> right. What are some of the things that people have used in the past that were considered aphrodisiacs that are a little sketch? Because I'm pretty sure not everything was edible, but, you know, in the mm-hmm. constant search for that sexual high, some things, some sketchy things were, you know, mm-hmm. going so down. So I would say one of the biggest um, kind of thing that came up in recent time was uh, tiger penis soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> an actual thing. Um, so we all know that tigers are already are endangered and the fact that they are being, um, their reproductive organ is being used as a form of, um, elixir or tonic to help with libido. It can get very destructive, especially because of the fact that there is no real concrete proof just yet of these things actually working there are things like for example have you heard of spanish fly uh yes i have no yeah. idea what that is though so spanish fly is also another thing that it was considered to be a form of um aphrodisiac however the consumption of spanish fly actually causes your urethra to um be irritated Ew. by certain toxins um, and because of that, it, people think that that tingling sensation is, ooh, I'm excited or, you know, like I'm ready to My have cock is powerful. Yeah. But it's actually just, um, well, a, an infection uh, waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's your urethra. So, yeah, there are some things that is like, hmm, is it really healthy? Mm, is it really, um, does it really make sense? I don't think it it it's justifiable. Yeah. There are some things that I say, yeah, go for it. Like have yourself a couple of oysters, um, you know, minimal alcohol, but you know. But lot- there, there you go. Alcohol too. That's kind of an aphrodisiac. Yeah. It, well, yeah. In 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 load in in healthy doses, <laughs> alcohol can definitely be. Um, I would consider. Um, in big quotation marks, an aphrodisiac because, like, it does help um, lower your inhibition. Um, uh, let's not go crazy and make bad choices, <laughs> but you know, have enough to make you feel comfortable and be happy, and you know, take it from there. Take go it, with the flow. Take it from two gay guys to give you advice on the healthy consumption of alcohol. Like, I know, really? Right? <laughs> It's never going to happen. happen. I know. Like, seriously, the time that we were in the village, just like fucking drinking the day. Oh my God. How much did I drink that day, too? I I was just powering through it. Yeah, girl, you were drinking like how many fucking like shots? You were ordering the shots, putting it all in your tab. And I was like, okay, Eh? hold on. My only turned 25 once. Oh my God. I was like, this girl has like the liver of a 25 year old, but the face of a 56 year old. I was so impressed. Excuse me? Yes. (laughs) Just so you know, I live a healthy lifestyle. Hence why I still. Yeah. What's in your water? What's in your water, girl? 
It's just water. It's just Stay water. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Well, you have such beautiful skin for 63 years old. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> 25. <laughs> Say it all you want, babe. <laughs> okay, like, I'm still fixated on the fact that you're a chocolatier because, like, mm-hmm. that's so cool. What's so special about chocolate that requires its own, like, field of study? And what got you into it to begin with? Ah, yes, actually. So when I first started in culinary school, um, I was, well, I was in the savory side of the kitchen. So I was working my way to, you know, doing the normal things in the kitchen, um, being on the grill or, you know, sauteing the vegetables and doing all of that stuff. Um, It was only that I got into pastry because I was chosen to do a chocolate competition. Um, from there, that's what kind of led me to becoming a pastry chef because I was exposed to the world of chocolate. Um, and I would say one of the most crucial techniques and um, um, specialization is in chocolate because of the fact that it's not just um, having your product and melting it. You kind of have to know the science um, around working with chocolate because there are certain fats that we try to isolate when we're working with chocolate to make sure that when it sets, so when I say when it sets, it hardens from its liquid state, that it actually stays hard for an extended period of time Mm. by knowing how to properly um, isolate those fats. That's the most important thing when it comes to being a chocolatier. And Mm. also knowing how it works with other ingredients. Okay. I would identify as chocolate if you like isolate specific fats of me i stay hard for a long time as well hmm. um <laughs> ew. that was me that was a reach that was such a reach. <laughs> so stupid <laughs> i'm doing anything to make the audience laugh <laughs> ew. um i'm wondering have you ever like encountered a mess with chocolate in the bedroom or like have you heard of like any sort of chocolate mishaps because i hear from a lot of people how they always want to incorporate food and sex and when it comes to food it's almost always like strawberry and chocolate Mm. or like whatever Mm -hmm. else like i'm pretty sure there are some risks when it comes to oh yeah definitely there are not just chocolate but definitely fruits um uh, i would say if you're going to be adventurous and bring it into the bedroom, keep it in and put it on an area that is easily clean. You don't <laughs> want to put it somewhere where, God forbid, a small piece of it gets stuck and, you know, it ends up causing a bacterial infection. Kind yeah. of, you know, yeah. especially when it comes to fruits, it goes bad pretty fast. You don't want that, you know, in an area that you can't dig out. Oh my god, that's true. So I would recommend to keep it, you know, around the starfish, (laughs) put it in the starfish. (laughs) The starfish. I mean, you could use ice cubes. I've, I've, I've heard, not from my experience, but I've heard of using ice cubes to play with the temperature sensations. Um, Have you never tried an ice cube? before but not again not in the starfish but around the starfish <laughs> oh sis you had really have to try an ice cube at some point like mm-hmm. make like just drag the ice across their skin it doesn't even have to be like a huge block of ice just like a really yeah. small tiny cube and then like you drag mm-hmm. it on their skin and then i'm like <laughs> you know they do they do ha- they do sell those like molds that are like perfect spheres they're like little sphere balls that kind of look like anal beads. And I'm sure you can make it out of ice cubes. <laughs> An marital anal bead ice cube. <laughs> marital ice cube beads. Oh my god. Okay. No, the reason I ask is because like I've seen some porn where they put like chocolate syrup or just like oh, chocolate yeah. on the genitals, and I'm like, mmm. Yeah, it, again, if it's outside, I would say yes. But if there if it has gone inside, I would recommend to properly clean. If you're a woman, make sure that the pH level is good. It's all good. Right, yeah. It's yeah. all good down there. For mm-hmm. men, 
you know, just use a douche and just get it out of you. But I mean, I'm not saying to shove an entire O. Henry bar up in there. But like, <laughs> you know, like you can Speak for you yourself. Know. <laughs> what if I want to? <laughs> I know. But well, you'll need a Mr. Big instead. And Mr. Big, a three Mr. Musketeers. Big. Three Musketeer, you know? all three of them. A Klondike bar. What a would you do for a Klondike bar? bar? <laughs> Clearly shove it up your ass. <laughs> Please, I want a clowning <laughs> Or what's that other like candy? Like how many licks to get to the sweet center or something? <laughs> oh yeah, isn't that like a, a song? Like a lollipop or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> It'll take a lot of licks to get to my sweet center, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> I would highly recommend those um, things that are um, highly, highly acidic. I would avoid things like that. Be, just think about it. Your the the skin in your inside of your butt mm-hmm. is very thin. Yep. If you were to use something that's really acidic, it could cause some problems. Right. So, so don't I, don't like squeeze a lemon on top of their. Don't, anus yeah. Or something. Don't do tequila shots out of your butt. <laughs> but <laughs> but but. <laughs> What if I just get him to like squeeze the shot glass with his cheeks and then take a shot I, from there? It's gonna sting. <laughs> that thing spills. is gonna sting. <laughs> and then like have a line of salt on his cheeks and then a lemon like in his mouth or something. Yeah, you could do that. You oh could do God. that. I've seen what was it? I think it was a porno when they took one of those aerosol um whipped cream. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was like crazy because not only are you putting whipped cream, but there's also gas and air being Wait, pushed into them. Into it? So it was a literal cream pie. It was a literal cream pie. Oh yeah. My God. That's air and a bunch of like other things in whipped cream. Gary. Oh, no. I don't mm-hmm. like that. Oh, but yeah. also, like, you know, I do kind of like it i mean it was hot but i mean like yeah it was hot but (laughs) also like that's gonna be a disaster to clean (laughs) it's kind of hot it's kind of hot but like his poor anus and everything Mm -hmm. oh boy i can't i mean not not to kink shame but also like i just can't help but like think about your health when you're like putting shit up there (laughs) (laughs) i mean as long as you clean it out properly um, you should be fine you should be fine Uh, did i tell you this one time where i accidentally left chocolate in my underwear and i fully thought i had an accident (laughs) i'm not even kidding (laughs) were there peanuts in? no thank god no oh my god but i was like full in in full panic mode i was like oh why is there God. a mess inside of my fucking you didn't underwear? know if you went or not that's I, hilarious well okay i was like super how did it high. get there to begin with did you just it was edible he, it he was just ed- yeah i'm that hot he just forgot he just left it there and forgot no me i forgot oh, who left it there yeah because i was high it was an edible so wait what possessed you to just put a chocolate bar in your butt i thought it was my pocket <laughs> when you're high you don't really feel much right oh so, my god I how it, high were you really fucking high because this was the first time i ever tried edibles to begin with i was oh like you know and then i had some leftovers. at least you at least you put a chocolate bar there not like your cell phone or your wallet. right oh my god that would have been such a huge mess no but like I had some edibles and then I was like, what's taking so long for this edible to hit? It's like already an hour. Not me realizing that like I was already pretty high, but I kept on eating more edibles anyway. Yeah, that'll do it. Right? That will do it. Exactly. And then I put some leftover chocolate in what I thought was my back pocket. It turned out to be my underwear. So the next morning I was like panicking all over my white sheets, wondering what the <laughs> fuck happened. I was like, okay, wait, hold on. This shit smells really, really sweet. Did you taste it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm so gross. It's so fucking filthy. <laughs> so why you just licked your underwear? I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Hey, you know what? I will... I, I own it, okay? I own that I'm a fucking pig bottom. I, I will <laughs> I will take that responsibility. Ew. <laughs> oh my god. So knowing all the things that we know about food thus far, mm-hmm. I wanna prepare 
a cute romantic um dinner or like you know like a, a nice full meal for Mr. Perfect coming along like okay. you know like say right. say um I don't know who's like hot right now uh like Tom Hiddleston or Henry oh. Cavill or I don't know I'm naming random muscular white guys right now um, oh, well, these people. <laughs> <laughs> okay Idris Elba how about that oh, Idris, Idris Elba. Elba I know okay. speaking oh, of damn. chocolate speak- can we skip dinner <laughs> Okay. Just go straight to dessert. I know, please. <laughs> like, oh. find the strawberry. Where is it? Okay. Okay. So, okay. Uh, in I'm, this... I'm on a date with Idris Alba. No, I'm on a date yeah. with Idris Alba. No, I'm on a date. I'm no. cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hiring you as my personal caterer. <laughs> okay. Wait. You're having you're you have a date or I have a date with? Idris I do. Alba. Oh damn. Okay. Well. <laughs> Because I'm I'm trying to hire you as my chef consultant. What is like the best thing that I can prepare for my date with Idris Elba, knowing that like it's definitely gonna lead to sex, but also like I wanna okay. I wanna like be ready for okay. sex and not feel too gassy. Now, Let's do a full course meal. Appetizer, full main course, course appetizer. So appetizer Appy main and dessert. Okay. Now is this like hypothetical? Like you have, you know exactly how to prepare these items. Because <laughs> if it's you, it's some... just a microwave pizza. <laughs> please, let's have some class here, please. What am I talking about? Class? This is sex ed with Tim. There's really no class here. Um, okay, no, but like I want to impress him, but also right. like have some sort of that's preparation. approachable and very yeah. easy to do. Easy, okay. easy to do, all and right. like it'll also help me prepare for sex, so that it's like yes. not too gassy, not yes. whatever. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, um, for me, if I if I was going to help you prepare a meal, the number one thing that we want to try to avoid is any fresh garlic. Fresh garlic is going to destroy your mouth. But and garlic is so good. It's so though. good, right? So if you are going to use garlic, I would say um, to roast your garlic. Um, what I actually like to do is to do roasted garlic on a tomato salad. Um, Ooh, that sounds yummy. Very fresh, very, it's just really nice. And at the same time, too, because we're expecting, you know, to have a little dessert, you know, we want to keep it light. We don't want to be bloated. So I would say if you want to add the garlic, I would do, I would take hot oil and I will pour it over peeled garlic and just let that naturally um, cook or you can even slow roast it in the oven just to get it nice and sweet and remove a lot of that sharpness because that sharpness is what's going to create that garlic do i have to like julienne it or no keep it whole keep it whole so like a whole fucking clove of garlic and a whole clove of bulb (laughs) <laughs> I'm talking about like the already individual peeled garlic. You can buy okay. those in the groceries already okay. pre-peeled because right. it also does leave kind of like a garlicky smell on your hand. Okay, true. So I say throw it in oil, let that roast on the stovetop for low heat for as long as you can. Start that maybe the day before or have it done a week ahead of time, you know? Ooh, very bad. And just have it in your pantry. Yeah. Uh, so with that, I would like, like I know, like I would recommend doing a tomato salad Mm -hmm. just take some nice tomatoes um, on the vine you can even impress him and do heirloom tomato you know the ones that look like they're about to go bad but they're actually better tasting keep them in room temperature all day slice them up nice and thick like a like a steak size with just some olive oil salt and pepper the roasted garlic that I told you, you can add some freshness to it by incorporating some uh, basil and then a little bit of a balsamic reduction. So you just take balsamic vinegar and just bring it on the heat and reduce it to, I would say, two thirds of your um, of the original weight. Two thirds of, of the volume, original weight of original volume of, of the balsamic. All, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, okay. so you're reducing it. You're just trying to boil off some of that water and really concentrating the natural sugars in it. And it sh- you should let it cool down and it'll become like a really nice, almost syrupy consistency. If you find that it's too thick, I would say add a little bit of water. So that would be like a really nice, you know, light salad appetizer kind of thing. Gets the fiber in you as well too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also the water content in the tomato. 
Ooh, that part. That part. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. yum. Okay, that sounds like a very nice, very light a- mm-hmm. appetizer. So, okay. I would say it's almost like a caprese salad holding the cheese just because I'm lactose intolerant. Are we I all? Don't know about this, right? <laughs> so you could add a nice salt like mozzarella or a bocconcini to that just to give it a little bit more um, weight to it. Yeah. But if you're lactose intolerant or you just don't want to have dairy or if you're vegan or vegetarian, just omit the 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 cheese altogether and you have a nice fresh um, tomato salad that you can do. Um, Yeah. I like that. And then for your main, hmm, your main. Keeping in mind that it's definitely going to happen between me and Idris. Oh, that's the thing. Cause like, to be honest, I'm bottoming in this situation. uh, Obviously. See, the thing is for me, if you can't love me for how I eat, <laughs> I would be fine just having like a full-on rib dinner, like slather on the barbecue sauce, and I'll go down and then have sex right after. Like if, you, if you're judging me for how I eat, then definitely you're not going to want me eating If you there. can't but, handle me at my Big Mac, you don't deserve me at my hors d'oeuvres. Exactly. <laughs> I give good mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, you know, I do, I do want to like, I want this thing mm-hmm. to happen. Like, okay, we got a nice salad and then like, all mm-hmm. right, he's ready for the next meal. And then So says, are we doing fish? Are we doing poultry? Are we doing meat? Ooh, give me something to work with. I do, like, I do with. like a nice fish. Fish. Okay. Okay. So... We can definitely go with a nice lighter white fish. So I would say even like a bassa. sea bass or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. bass is also really nice as just like um, really lightly pan fried with olive oil on one side. And then serving that with some fried capers, a little bit of like uh, fingerling potatoes, just um, boiled. And then after it's been boiled, you saute it just to remove some of that water and maybe even just some wilted greens um, and just like a lemon wedge just to like bring out some of that freshness. I and heard again, that like uh, the citrus, the citric mm-hmm. acid inside the lemon can kind of like help cook the fish. Yeah, so that's um, so basically that it creates a chemical reaction that actually causes fish to cook. But your fish is already cooked. Uh, what it does, it also it gives it a bit more freshness to it. And because there's going to be a lot of skin mouth to mouth contact, we want to try to preserve as much freshness on the palate as much as we can, right? So by not having very sharp, heavy flavors, um, we are promoting. Um, a more intimate um, experience. Um, but if he's fine with that, I would say go for the ribs either way. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but yeah, I'm bottoming. I with, yeah, I would go with the fish just because it is a little bit lighter. Um, it's not too, too heavy. And you can always substitute that with just a nice pan-seared um you can do pan-seared scallops as well, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also do um pan like even just um like a chicken breast, just like really nicely grilled out with right. some rosemary and sage. Um, again, you like you wanna not too too much heavy in the seasoning, um, and portion control is definitely Ooh, something yes, that, part. that you want to be mindful of. You don't want to be serving a bucket of chicken when right before you're about to have, <laughs> to have sex. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that a lot sense. of that's a lot of food, and if unless you have really bad gag reflex I would not have <laughs> stomach before you know doing anything of that nature right so so far this menu sounds like it's good for fiber and it's also mm-hmm. good for um stamina like it sounds like a very healthy nutritious meal it's so a far. very healthy yeah actually don't think about it it sounds really healthy right no and that's good right? because like mm-hmm. i want idris to fucking pound me until i am no longer exactly. able to walk right exactly and then it also sounds like you know kind of a turn on when you see like a slice of filleted fish or something it oh, yeah. kind of reminds me of a, a nice little sexy piece of flesh and i'm just like mm-hmm. i'm here i'm ready okay there's nothing fancier than that right no. what's a what, uh, can you recommend a good wine pairing to this fish i would so for when it comes to fish you always want to go with something white something light you want to match the wine with um the 
like the 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 proteins that you're having, right? If you're having something that's like richer, a lot chewier, like um like lamb, for example, you'd want a nice full body red with a little bit of um, beefiness to it, just so that it goes up against what you're consume what you're eating, which is in this case uh fibrous meats. If you're having chicken or white or like fish, for example, you want something a little bit on the lighter side. I personally like having something with a little bit more acidity, usually like a Chardonnay to go with my fish, something bright, crisp, clean flavors. Um, I find that it matches really well with that. And it also cleanses, like because of the acidity of it as well, it does also help with uh, cleansing your palate, which is, another, like as you can tell, this menu has to do a lot of cleaning out the mouth, That's true, true. keeping that oral hygiene true. because... You know, we you might as well just water. take like a vodka shot to like disinfect Basically. our mouth. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. Okay, so we've gone through the appetizer, and then uh, Idris and I are like halfway through our meal or main course, and then he can't keep his hands off me. We're gonna go straight to the oh. bedroom, but like we have to have dessert. What's like a nice dessert that I can have while I'm in the bedroom? That's like, ah. do you have like anything, anything creative to yes, you know, really? Actually, get oh my god! Because you brought that up, I am going to be sending you a recipe for my uh, chocolate sauce yes. that you can definitely bring to the bedroom. I would also recommend maybe bringing a bowl of strawberries or whatever you like dipping chocolate with. <laughs> So that is going to be something that you could share with the viewers or in this case, listeners. Listeners, yeah. The listeners. Um, Yeah. So it's basically a chocolate syrup um, that you can make from home. Um, You can have it straight out of the fridge. So it's a little bit cold and, you know, makes your body all tingly. Or what I like to do is actually just warm it up slightly in the microwave to get it nice and warm. Mm -hmm. And you can have that poured over you while Idris Alba licks every morsel of your bodet. Yes! Yes! Oh, I cannot wait for this meal to happen. We're manifesting. (laughs) We're manifesting Oh, yeah. Put that positivity out there. It will happen. (laughs) Honestly. And then when Idris impregnates me, we'll name him Kevin Jr., Oh, God, please, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> we owe our firstborn all to you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> That'll be Kevin Francisco Idris Elba Jr. There you go. <laughs> oh, wow. That's lo- and I thought my name was long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's so wonderful, Kevin. Like, honestly, if I ever start dating again, I am definitely going to follow everything that you said in this episode and just like mm-hmm. shit girl i'm so ready to eat and like have sex proper Ugh, yes i cannot wait and thank you so much for coming on i am so obsessed me. With- thank you so much you are so talented and so smart and just like so <laughs> amazing at everything it is that you do um i can't get enough of you because you're my bestie I'm pretty sure the listeners can't get enough of you. So where (laughs) can people find you on the internet? So you guys can find me on my Instagram. My handle is Kevin underscore D underscore Francisco. Um, Basically, that's where you can find all of my food that I've done, some of the menus that I've created. And if you want to ask me some questions, by all means, give me a send me a shout. Are you accepting any clients so far for like uh, private events or whatever? It all depending on where we're at with this whole COVID thing. That's but true. Right now, I'm doing a lot of um, just cakes and stuff, um, customized desserts. So if they have, if you have any inquiry when it comes to, you know, cakes and stuff, let me know, and I'll definitely help create something special and unique for your occasion. I love that. So can I like hire you to make like a huge penis cake or something that's chocolate and floral? <laughs> I mean, I do. I've done chocolate sculptings before, so I can probably do something of that Perfect. nature. 
Perfect. It's not even going to be for a bachelorette party. It's just for me. It's just for you. <laughs> That's me. Oh my god. I am so like touch deprived from this pandemic. So I need some food. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Thank you so much, Kevin, for coming on the show, and for all you listeners that have tuned in. Thank you so much for another episode of Sex Edwardson Podcast. I will see you at the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. Sex Ed with Tim is created and produced by me, Tim Lagman. Music is Aces High by Kevin McLeod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GaySlutClown and at Sex Ed with Tim. You can also like and follow me on the Sex Ed with Tim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Even better, you can also support the show on Patreon, where you can get early access to ad-free episodes and more. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Mwah!